Welcome to the Fatu Fab Records podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be doing an album review. It's an album by the band called The Verbs Virtual Reality Behavioral System. If you're in the tech world, I believe that's the acronym. I don't know. I could be wrong. We got a big battle of Buffalo Trace. And uh, we're going to listen to the record. We're going to review it. Oh, buddy. Here we go. Oh, that's some good-looking whiskey. If you... You could probably guess. This is The Verbs. It's one of their songs of their brand new double record. Who drops a fucking double record today in today's day and age? I'll tell you who. Who drops a double record in the age of the single? In the age of Machine Gun Kelly? Jared motherfucking Richard. That's who. This song fucking crushes, and uh, it's got a slide guitar track. When did he start playing slide guitar? I don't know. If you don't know Jared, there's a few things you should know. Uh, Number one, he was a singer, primarily. Uh, We, and I I should have a a disclosure here, I I do have a conflict of interest. I am slightly biased, because we did go to high school together. And uh, we grew up together. We ran around the streets of San Francisco in the early 90s. Little Hellraisers. Um, we both tested out of high school in our uh, early in our junior year, 1993, and uh, went on to lead very different lives. He's in the uh, tech world now. He's a big wig in the Silicon Valley. And uh, yeah, I'm here in Vegas doing my podcast. It's hard to imagine all these years later, um, but yes, full disclosure, I am a little biased. We did grow up together, and uh, we were in a band together. So yes, I am a little biased. We do go way back. He's my boy, but uh, you know, just like on CNBC, when somebody pitches you a stock, you know, they put those uh, conflict of interest disclosures. Doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to them. Doesn't mean they don't have a valid opinion. They just have a slight conflict of interest. So, just to give you a little backstory, because I want to introduce you to the man, Jared Richard, before I play the double record. And, you know, when's the last time you recorded a double record? Uh, 15 songs written, recorded, double-tracked, multi-layered vocal harmonies, impeccable vocal... Oh, you haven't? Oh, okay, well, neither have I. So, you know, uh, it's easy to hate... But it's hard to appreciate the level of commitment that a project of this undertaking requires. It is incredibly hard. Nobody records records anymore. At best, you've got five or seven song EPs. To drop a double record in today's day and age, I mean, it's fucking insanity. And I love it. I couldn't be happier because... It's just old school. Uh, This is Jared. I mean, look at this photo. This is just embodies supreme confidence. And unless you know Jared, 
you know him unless you know him you it's hard to really get your head around just how confident a man can be because he was blessed blessed with the natural ability of singing and uh, there's a couple of clips I would like to introduce you to now this is his old band and this is a few years ago but I think it's a great example of Jared at his best I'm gonna play it we're gonna rip right into it I love that. I love that right there. That little, hey! I mean, I can't sing that high. I can't get up there, but he can. I mean, who does that remind you of? Uh, You know who it reminds me of? Chris Cornell. And uh, if you need more proof, here it is. Hold up, let me get a sip of Buffalo Trace. Alright, listen to this shit. I mean, god damn. I mean, you know who it reminds me of? I'll tell you who it reminds me of. Chris Cornell. You know, sometimes when I'm listening to this sound garden, I actually hear Jared and vice versa. I mean, tell me this doesn't remind you of fucking Chris Cornell. It sounds just fucking like him. Fuck, I wish I could do that. A young Eddie Vedder there. So, I mean, that's all I'm saying. And, uh... Now, here's the thing. So, Jared started out as a pure lead singer. We grew up together. We idolized Guns N' Roses. I was Slash. He was Axel. He had a voice like a fucking god, and we had a high school band together called Rising Sun, and uh, I thought we were going to take over the world. I was convinced. I mean, we were pretty fucking good. I don't want to brag. But somewhere along the way, he picked up a guitar, and guess what? He turned into a fucking legit guitar player, and um, I think this latest record from The Verbs really is his coming out. This is Jared's coming out party as... A guitar player the layering the overdubs the solos the slide tracks on this new record which we're gonna play relax uh are just incredible you know so if you need proof that he turned into a legit guitar player i would just offer this 30 seconds that's paul on the bass You see how long he waits for that note? 
I mean, just a great touch and space between the notes. And wait, here come the Hendrix licks. I love that little bend. And then right here. I mean, that's fucking Jimi Hendrix licks right there. I mean, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to sample snitch and, uh, you know, tell people where you got him. But so that's my boy, Jared. He is legitimate. He's a triple threat. You know, he's got a voice of a God. I think I, I always said I would put him up in a sing off against Chris Cornell any day because I think it would be a fucking tie. I think it would be, I think it'd be a fucking tie, you know? And, uh, just supreme confidence the new band is the verbs what you just watched was his old band audio bender with a different drummer now the new drummer is another guy we went to high school with by the name of jeff ham it's this handsome devil right here so they're they're coming back at it this is their website you can go there listen to the record for free uh i would go to Bandcamp, and that's what we're going to preview it on today now this is not just an album it's a double album so they split it up it's the white album the black album two different albums and then you can buy the whole thing which is you know chessboard and it's 15 songs and again when was the last time you wrote 15 songs recorded them played all the guitar tracks all the solos layered harmonies do you, it's just it's mind-boggling the fucking ambition and uh, epic proportion that something like this entails in the age of the single nobody records albums anymore people just record singles you know which is what i think makes this very special now i'm not gonna lie even though i am biased uh you know there's bright spots and there's some other spots you know there's a lot of poppy songs he's a big fan of ballads he likes to write ballads i'm gonna play you my favorite songs off this record I mean, the first thing I would say about this record is look at the song links, right? I mean, they're clipping five minutes, six minutes, right? 4.45, 4.58. These are long-ass fucking songs, 5.46. And then it culminates in this closing song called Down the Mountain, which is a nine-minute epic. I mean, picture like uh, 1984, Merman Should I Turn to Be from uh, Hendrix or whatever. I mean, that's how epic an undertaking this record was. So, I, obviously, I can't play the whole fucking thing, right? It's too fucking long. But we're, I'm going to play you my favorite songs, and uh, we're going to go through it and uh, listen to it. And then I'm going to comment and give you my review right after this message from our sponsor. Hey folks, be sure to head over to 525records.com for some amazing artists and amazing albums. We've uh, done a couple of music videos, most recently for the band Less Cash, their song Scenery. Check it out. All the podcast episodes are there. You can find news, updates, any of the old episodes, and uh, a ton of great music uh, and artists that you can listen to for free on 525records.com. Now, back to the podcast. I sat shivering in the passenger seat of a parked and lifeless 66 Mustang coupe. The interior as weathered as the exterior. My arms were tightly folded under the old-fashioned leather biker jacket forming a makeshift blanket 
on my chest. It could have been midnight or three in the morning. I was watchless and peeking on LSD. And all I knew was if I unlocked that Mustang, Rod was going to cut my hair off. Stefan picked me up in his Mustang earlier that morning. The throaty roar and uneven idle of its engine announcing his presence. I knew the coveted muscle car well. A couple buddies and I had helped him scrape off the old forest green paint the prior summer, just before he applied the flat black primer and fell in love with the results, either by look or by laziness. Stefan looked good that day, clad in his favorite and well-used leather jacket, plain black t-shirt and jeans. He very much looked the part of a biker, save for his tall, lanky frame and long, dark hair that hung down to his mid-twenties chest. My hair was nearly as long as his, though mine was shaved on the sides, as was the trend in the mid-90s, and I brushed it aside as I lit the Marlboro Red hanging from my teenage lips. "'What's up, man? Where are we headed?' I asked, leaning into the passenger side window. "'The city, dude. Sheet time. You down? Should we grab Elk, too?' He responded in his typical sleazy yet good-natured drawl. "'Totally.' I replied while jumping into the front seat. He would never sound anything like that. He would never say, totally. He would say, totally. Elliot Kotz, or Elt, thanks for using my real name, as Stefan and I, a few close friends, called him, lived only a mile away, but our hometown of Foster City was a maze of curving parkways littered with cul-de-sacs and waterways that snaked throughout the city. We rolled into the row of garages, one of which was attached to Elt's townhouse, and Stefan let loose an obnoxiously longhorn blast, and within seconds the familiar sight of long, curly, flame-red hair appeared. Standing at a full six-foot-four when he wasn't showcasing his trademark slouch and tipping the scales at a decidedly less-than-muscular 250 pounds, Elt was an imposing figure, especially for a 17-year-old. Sporting his ever-present Mickey Mouse t-shirt and baggy shorts, one might never guess him to be a blues rock guitar prodigy. Aw, thanks. But our band was brash and loud, yeah, that we were, and we proudly lived the sex, drugs, and rock and roll mantra to a T, with the drugs part of the equation often supplied by Stefan. Stefan's specialty was LSD or acid, as we called it, and the day we were to make a run up to San Francisco to score a sheet, a two-and-a-half-inch square piece of thick paper containing perforated lines forming 100-quarter-inch squares, each being a single dose of acid. I was well-versed in the routine. We would make the 20-mile drive to the city, Haight-Ashbury, park on a side street in the iconic Haight district, and enter Golden Gate Park where hate met stanion and where soon one of the dozens of suppliers would offer their wares if given the correct passphrase doses would usually suffice you'd walk past and they would just go doses 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 novices like curious teens or runaways or drunken frat boys would simply hand over the hundred dollars and take what was given which all too often turned out to be plain unlaced paper or even the rat poison strychnine. 
Admittedly, Strychnine did the job fairly well, but it was a low-grade and edgier and often led to bad trips. We wanted the good stuff, and I knew how to get it. Stop, drop, and roll. My job was simple enough. Take a hit, sit in the car, and wait for the effects to kick in. On the rare occurrences of unlaced paper, we'd chalk it up to a loss and look for another supplier. If it was Strychnine, I would know within 30 minutes when the jittery prelude would kick in and Stefan would snatch up the sheet for half price. If it was the real deal, the prelude would come about 45 minutes in, more gradual and mellow and laced with a tinge of euphoria, at which point Stefan would giddily reach for his wallet. You read that right. In the summer of 1993, I was a grade A certified drug tester. For me, the title, the risk, the unimaginable stupidity, none of it mattered. That sunny autumn afternoon, I had yet another all-expenses-paid trip to the netherworld of psychedelic subconscious. After my dilated pupils, parted lip smile, and excited half-nod told Stefan all he needed, he secured the full sheet and jumped in the back of the car. And soon after, we were buzzing down the Highway 280. The greens of the trees and the blues and whites of the sky, extraordinarily vivid as the acid worked its way into my visual cortex. After a brief gas station stop on Sneath to grab more smokes, we were back on the highway, headed to our next destination, Redwood City, where Stefan already had a buyer lined up. I do not, for reasons that should now be obvious, remember much about the next eight hours or so. I have cloudy recollections of arriving at Rod's house somewhere in the shady underbelly of Redwood City. I mean, unless you know Redwood City, it's it's <laughs> it's like uh, the meth capital of San Francisco. I recall him being only a vague acquaintance to Stefan and a complete stranger to me. I recall the dark curly hair that nearly reached the small of his back. I recall his late thirties face being weathered by time and hard living. And I recall the Confederate flag in the living room. And I, remembering, wondering where in the actual fuck I was, did the acid trip somehow drop me in the middle of a backwoods redneck dystopia? When did it become dark outside? Why the fuck were we still in this shithole house? The house was, uh, you know, like 70s shag carpet and just horrible colors and the worst place you'd ever want to fucking do acid. I remember Rod drinking an unimaginable number of beer cans and I remember it being the cheap yet disgusting Natty Light. Now, this is not accurate. It was Meister Brow. Meister fucking Brow. That was hot in the early 90s and a favorite in the... Uh, White trash, metal, redneck circles. He continues. I remember him seated on a kitchen chair, planted in the middle of the living room, leaning forward and vomiting straight down onto the sticky green 60s era medium shag carpeting and continuing to drink as if nothing had happened. I remember him discovering that Elton and I were both on acid trips. And I remember his demented glee as he threatened to cut off our beloved 
long hair. The pride and badge of our rockerdom. If we dared to fall asleep. I remember the twisted look in his eyes as he brandished the scissors and chopped in the air in front of our panicked, dilated pupils. And I remember shivering in the passenger seat of a 66 Mustang coupe parked lifeless in Rod's garage, wrapped in Stefan's leather jacket, fearing for the life of my prized long hair. Stefan would eventually emerge from that redneck pit of nightmares and drive us home, and I would later recall that Elp had indeed been sleeping next to me in that cold Mustang the entire time. I would thankfully never see Rod nor his house again. Elp and I continued to rock and roll and run together, but it was always about the music. The drugs were just along for the ride and I'm happy to report that he is alive and well and living sober in Las Vegas, and we keep in touch to this day. Sober in Las Vegas. Sober in Las Vegas, that's me. Stefan would not be so lucky as his final drug run came only a year later as he and a handful of friends attempted to make the trick to Humboldt hoping to score a few plants, sans payment, and live off the land along the way. He and my sometimes girlfriend Misty would tragically die from ingesting a large quantity of water hemlock, mistaking the ancient poison for an edible vegetable. He will forever be 27, and she 19. That's a true motherfucking story. He did. He. They went to Humboldt. They came The night they left, they came to my house. They wanted me to go. They said uh, they're going up to Humboldt to grow weed. That was the last I ever saw him. And that is a chapter, a mere excerpt of a fabulous book called As I Remember It, a memoir by Jared Isaac Richard. The man that we are profiling today, uh, we're doing the Verbs album review. Jared Richard is the composer. He wrote all the songs. He played all the guitar. He sang all the vocals. Wrote all the lyrics. And uh, yeah, I just thought I would share that because uh, it involves me. And that's the kind of guy Jared is. That's that's what we were living back in the early nineties. Scoring acid up in Haight Ashbury, winding up in a Redwood City fucking tweaker house with some metal dudes drinking Meister Brow threatening to cut her hair off that was the worst fucking night of my life man talk about a badass trip so without further ado i present to you my review of the new double record by the band the verbs out of san jose california jared richard on vocals and guitar, Jeff Ham on the drums, and uh, Paul, I don't want to butcher his last name, so we'll just say Paul on the bass. <laughs> and this song fucking crushes. Still out of sickness 
Listen to that fucking slide guitar. And this is what I'm talking about. I mean, this is his opus magnus in terms of guitar tracks. You know, I mean, for a guy that doesn't play guitar, he sure is a fucking awesome, legitimate guitar player. There's that Chris Cornell. I mean, listen to those fucking vocals. They're so good. Listen to that. Tell me that doesn't remind you of Chris Cornell. I mean, those fucking slide tracks are amazing. They are so good. I mean, I'm sorry. Bias and all. Uh, Those are amazing guitar tracks. Not a slide. That's what I'm saying. This this really is his, you know, statement. It's his coming out record. Like, hey, you know, take me seriously. I am a legitimate fucking guitar player, and I just proved it on this double record. I mean, basic tracking, scratch vocals, layering, double tracks, and then putting that 
amazing slide guitar track gravity probably without a doubt my favorite song off the record um but uh, we'll launch into another one right here this is track seven scream for me What, is this the new Pixies? Is this the new Pixies song? I don't know. It sounds like it. Just bringing the 90s back. I mean, nobody does this anymore. This is what I love about this record. Is It's like... It could, this could have been done in 94, 95. Just the most amazing in the pocket drumming, you know, that those little open hi hats, you know, just fucking perfectly in time, right in the pocket. I mean, if I was producing this, I would have put a little extra percussion on this track, you know, uh, maybe a tambourine, some clives, something like that, but who am I to judge? I mean, how cool is that? Another slide guitar solo? I can't believe it. Another awesome ass fucking slide guitar solo? Wow. I love how Jeff, the drummer, does not do the little double tap during the uh, verses, only during the choruses. Like right there, it's key. That's key point of the song.
Do you hear that vocal? Do you hear that high part vocal over the back? Oh my god, it's fucking amazing. I mean, dude, just bringing the fucking 90s back, you know? I mean, nobody does this shit anymore. Who records the fucking double? When was the last time you recorded a fucking double record? 15 tracks, wrote all the lyrics, all the guitar parts, all the arrangements, went into a studio, fucking tracked it, recorded it. Do you have any idea how fucking hard that is to do? Do you have any idea how much fucking commitment and dedication i mean the the level of undertaking of a project like this from conception sitting at home writing the songs to rehearsing right we're gonna have band practice every tuesday and and work full-time day jobs then we're gonna go to a studio spend an ungodly amount of fucking money i don't know how much this record costs i mean i would just throw a guess it's no less than ten thousand dollars i mean maybe five if they really did it quick but you know tracking mixing you know i mean dude this is insane it's ins- it's this is ambition and drive on a level that just is not seen in today's rock world you know and that's my honest opinion i mean look i'm going to be i'm going to be honest with you there's 15 songs they're not all rockers he loves writing ballads he likes the slower songs you know and there's a lot of poppy kind of tunes you know these are just my personal favorite songs in this review so take that with a grain of salt and uh yeah let's listen to the next song this one is uh, track 11 it's called hog i love it Is this the new Queens of the Stone Age? This is what I love about his lower range, you know. He can sing low and it's really rich and you get the vocal fry. And then when he wants to, he can go fucking straight up Cornell going to the moon. Eight six two
Come on, listen to that. Listen to those fucking vocals. My God. My boy's good on the whammy bar. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Isn't that... A blind taste test, you know, with vintage fucking... 2001 queens of the stone age i mean dude that's just a rocker i mean god only knows if they would have had a like a big time hollywood producer like uh there's a guy that i watch on youtube his name's eric valentine he's got a whole channel it's called making records with eric valentine uh he goes into how he recorded um songs for the deaf and you know all the mics they used and how they track the guitars you know a bunch of crazy stuff you know um josh was primarily into using bass amps for his guitars and um and so uh we used these uh ampeg v4bs that he brought in um that's what was used when we were tracking the band tracking the basics with the band and then um we took this trip to black market music and we got a bunch of just crazy shitty old um transistor pv amps um so they're like these pv musician amps and stuff like that i have some pictures um that i can show you of uh the amps that will that will illustrate that um so this is one of the miking setups this was after uh there was a moment when we had to leave um barefoot and go to another studio um called the site and it was basically because um this project uh you know, rock bands are, you know, uh, can get, get into some extracurricular activities. And, uh, you know, these guys take that song, Feel Good Hit of the Summer, um, very seriously. And, um, man, this was the most drugs I have ever seen participated in on any project I've ever been involved with. It was an insane amount of drugs. And the by the, you know, while we were trying to overdub at my studio, which is like in the heart of Hollywood, all of their buddies were around. Every night was just degenerating into this insane, just like drug party. And by the end of the night, like, I mean, Josh was, he could barely even focus his eyes or pay attention to what was going on at all. Um, and so I could just tell, like, we had about two or three weeks worth of overdubs to do. It was going to take three months if we stayed in Hollywood. There was no way it was going to get done um, in the time that it should have taken. So um, I said, we got to get out of Hollywood 
or we're, we're just never going to get done. And so we went to the site in Northern California, which is an amazing studio. It's very remote. You go out there, your cell phones don't really work. Um, you're out in the middle of the woods. Um, you, they have living accommodations at the studio, so nobody leaves. You just stay there, and there's nothing to do but work on your record, and that's exactly what needed to happen. So these pictures are from that part of the session. Um, this miking setup was probably used for the overdub guitar that you're going to hear on this song. Um, but this right here, this is the V4B. Um, this is another Ampeg amp. This is a VT40. And you can see it peeking through. This is one of these shitty PV transistor amps that we bought at Black Market. You can see it better here. Yeah, this is that, that PV. This was sort of our favorite. We bought two or three of these PV heads, and, and this one sort of did the best. And, I mean, this record sounds amazing, and uh, forgive me, Paul, I'm going to try to not butcher your name, but Paul Singolani on the bass guitar, you know, just under, I mean, he almost goes unnoticed, and he's laying down these just phenomenal bass tracks. Um, you know, Jeff Ham, I've jammed with him many a time, we go way back to, I mean, I've never heard him play so fucking solid as on this fucking record. Now, granted, I haven't got into Weapon 11, I'm been meaning to uh but you know this this record is such a fucking showcase you know and it's it just it's such an, an amazing amount of time and money and talent that has to go into something like this and you know people can listen to it on first pass and be like you know oh it's all right or whatever you know but until you actually try to do something like this until you actually attempt to go into a studio and track songs do overdubs um, you have no idea what you're up against it is the impossible fucking dream and uh you know i think they crushed it on a lot of these songs so big shout out to uh reed's recording in campbell california I'm not familiar with that studio but i think it's a one-man operation so you know they did a fucking phenomenal job man they really did it's an amazing record um i wish i could play it all i can't um we're just going to end with this song down on the mountain and I'm going to, it's nine minutes long, so I can't play you the whole thing. So I'll play you the intro and then we're going to skip to the second half because it's a real like Led Zeppelin esque, um, you know, kind of it shifts halfway and it becomes a whole nother song. This, this really should have been two songs probably, but uh, it flows nicely. And, uh, who records a nine minute song anymore nobody you know that's the ambition that's the level we're talking about so here we go i mean the range of his voice is fucking incredible it's chris cornell level well it's quite a way to go man it's quite a Come on. See, now, here's... If I was mixing this, I mean, that vocal track is buried. And, you know, the guitar track's all right, but, I mean, the vocal track is what should really shine through there. It's like fucking Eddie Vedder, 1992. I mean, the you know amazing vocals 
that vocal fry kills me. I love it so much. Uh, it's so fucking good. Come on. Come on. Fucking Eddie Vedder on porch. I mean... So good. I guess we're playing the whole song. We're just gonna play the whole song. Here's where it gets really good. This is the second half. He goes straight up Jerry Garcia on this guitar solo. I I love it. Oh, what, what happened? Are we at a fish concert? When's the last time you tried to play a fucking guitar solo? It's hard as fuck. Oh, is that Jerry Garcia from 1972? (laughs) I mean... It's all about finding the right notes, you know. That's the art of the guitar. Find the right fucking notes and be brave enough to have space in between those notes. And, you know, for a guy that isn't considered to be a guitar player, he sure is a fucking good guitar player. Great fucking drum fill. I love that lick. That's a great lick. Oh, 
come on. What a fucking voice. Zeppelin ending to a Jerry Garcia meets uh, Blind Melon, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden kind of nineties thing. I mean, what a way to end an album! I mean, I just can't get over it. It's like crazy. I mean, nine minutes long. That song is, you know, nobody does this anymore. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's like if you're lucky, you record a shitty two and a half or three minute signal. This is just an incredible amount of work and uh if you stuck with me this far thank you for listening to the factor five records podcast and the album review of the new verbs double record the black album which is the first seven song or you know a mix of the songs the white album the mix of the other songs and then you know you can buy the whole thing 15 songs if you want to and if you know if you do want to support the artists buy it on Bandcamp Bandcamp is the shit they if you really want the artists to get the money you know you can blow $15 on a fucking burrito you know it's basically a coffee these days so if you really want to support this band and the and uh you know the ambition <laughs> I can't wait for their next record I mean I like what are they going to do next you know I mean if money is no object and you have the studio time, man, you know, if there was ever a band that needed a, like a high dollar Hollywood producer, it's these guys, you know, I think, man, if you could fucking pair them with a like really high dollar producer, I think you would get an amazing fucking record. And I think that's where they're headed next. Honestly. I mean, that's just my take on it. It's just my little podcast, my little, uh, you know, the 50 people that watch this. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Check it out. It's the verbs. Go buy it on Bandcamp. Come on, it's 15 bucks, dude. You can lose $15. There's $15 in change probably in your couch. Now these are first word problems, possibly. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe you're going to go to your car and dig up $10 and quarters. Uh, but, uh, you know. And you don't even need to because you can just go to theverbs.com and listen to it for free anytime you want. And that, you know, that's the 525 Records model. Um, you know, plug the shit out of the 525records.com website. You can go listen to all of our artists for free. That's what it's about. You know, music is made to be heard more than anything. And, you know, 
these guys, you know, although they were homeless at one point, they're not now. So it's not going to break their heart if you don't buy the record, but it sure would help if you go listen to the fucking record. Uh, because, you know, it shows up in the metrics and uh, in the uh, metadata. So, yeah. Virtual reality behavioral system. The verbs. Jared Richard, lead guitar and vocals. Paul Singolani. Oh, God, I don't want to butcher your name. I'm sorry, buddy. I love your bass playing. I think it's very tasteful and a, a good match for this band. And the amazing Jeff Hamm. Uh, we go way back. He's an amazing hacky sack player. We should probably get a little Jeff Ham. This is Matt Newkirk Time Machine. This is my bonus. Yeah. <laughs> this is us. This is us in 1997. You are a fat ass. Get off your ass, get a job, move out of Minnesota, come back here where you like it. Fucking get your band together, get your act together, get your life together. Yeah, dude. Or just go somewhere get else. Get your band dude. together. The dude. great <laughs> Matt Newkirk. And I record. That's a young Jeff Ham, the drummer for the Verbs, lighting a cigarette. That's him right here. That's a young Jeff Ham, the drummer for the Verbs, lighting up a stogie. And I record. Band together. Get the shit together, uh, With Gordon. That's what you need. Fuck yeah. Okay. I'll be your tambourine player. Okay. Oh, what? You'll be my tambourine player? Nice. I'll take you up on that. Yeah. Jeff can sing. Oh, the great Rick Drury. Elliot, dude, 20 years from now, when you look at the... 20 years from now, dude, you'll either be a millionaire or a bum on the street, dude. And I hope it's the fucking first of the two, dude. Or this tape will be last. I had a little VHS recorder. Well, I'm not a millionaire. Yet. Yet. Let's do some double gestures for the camera, guys. This is how you hack in California. We don't have anything to edit to right now, dude. <laughs> I know. Even editing, we still look like we suck, dude. Well, we can just do it. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Maybe we should get next to the we light. We should just show Jeff hitting it, like to no one, and then show me hitting it. Hey, no like, like we're passing Let's get near the light. In the light. Hey, you guys have been... That's Jeff right there. Look at that magnificent ponytail. Man, he was quite the babe. All oh, the girls wanted him. Man, it was like, dude, it, he, he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, if I could just live one day in the life of that guy, man, it would be fucking amazing. Do you even know how big a super burrito is? <laughs> it's like this big. <laughs> Elliot, two of them, one sitting, dude. On this particular night, we went to Taqueria, uh, Los Prados, De Amigos, I forget. And uh, I ate two super burritos. <laughs> two enormous super burritos. Those were my jams. And then uh, I was on the toilet and I wouldn't come out. And they're like, what the fuck, man? And then I finally came out and filmed this video on my, on my 1995 VHS camcorder. I am king. Fight half of what I'm going to die, dude. I am king. Then he sat on the toilet for half an hour, dude. Socks and Teva sandals. That was the style. 1997. Me. Jeff, definitely the best hockey player. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. 
go by the verbs new record i hope you enjoyed it five to five records podcast uh, we'll do it uh, next time we'll catch you later